Welcome into another episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm your host, Jesse Allen. Thanks so much for joining us here today. Well, we see the harvest in Brazil just beginning to get going here in the last couple of weeks. Danielle Siqueira, a market analyst with Ag Rural in Brazil, talks about the minimal harvest results. Well, we have here for Brazil, 1.8% of our area had been harvested in Brazil. It's a little below last year's. Uh, last year, it was 4.7%. And the five-year average was 2.8%. So we are a little late, but it's nothing very worrisome so far. She says the reasons behind the slow start vary among the different states. If we take a look at Mato Grosso, which is our top producer, it's moisture. It's excessive moisture. Every year, it rains a lot in January. If we have a normal year, January is very rainy, but they have intervals between rains when it's very hot and there's lots of sunshine. So farmers are able, for example, let's say it rains during the night and then in the morning it's sunny and it's hot. They are able to harvest in the morning already because it dries up very, very quickly. Now, Sikera says they can't seem to get that consistent sunshine that helps dry out the soybeans enough for harvest. While some states are too wet, others are still too dry. Rio Grande do Sul has problems this year because it has been dry and it has been hot. It's not as serious as in Argentina, not at all. And it's not as serious as the situation we had last year when we had a big crop failure here in southern Brazil. So it's not that bad. But yes, we already have some losses in Rio Grande do Sul. Uh, To give you an example, last week we had a new production estimate. And for Brazil, we have... 152.9 million metric tons. It's a big crop, our best crop ever. But in Rio Grande do Sul, we had to cut 1.1 million metric tons because of this dry and hot conditions. While Ag Rural primarily deals with Brazil, she does have sources in Argentina that say it's been a rough season. Argentina is still planting soybeans and corn. They have about 90% of their area of corn planted so far, and 95% of their soybean area is planted. So what they have faced this crop is very complicated because even before the planting season, which started in September, Argentina was already facing very dry conditions. So they have a longer-term drought, and during the crop season, they have had below normal rains systematically. And now in January, they have had very high temperatures. So even when they get some rains, it's so hot and the soil is so dry that they keep in need of rain all the time. Ag Rural recently cut its soybean crop estimate by 700,000 metric tons to 152.9 million metric tons. The consulting firm lowered its corn crop estimate by 400,000 metric tons to 123.9 million metric tons. Despite the cuts, both crops would still be all-time record yields. The agricultural economy is dependent on so many different factors like weather, government regulations, and inflation, and the past couple of years have given agriculture challenges on each of those fronts. During the recent Potato Expo, Robobank Global Strategist Stephen Nicholson said the best advice he can give is be patient. I mean, we're in a situation now of high inflation. Yes, it's come down, but this is not going to go away tomorrow. So to think that fertilizer, seed costs, 
equipment costs, part costs, fuels are going to go down tomorrow, land costs go down. That's probably not going to happen anytime soon. You have to be better planners, really. Let's kind of use the same word. Because one of the things we started talking to producers, even last spring, we said, you need to start planning for 23 now. And frankly, if you're planning for 23 season now, you're probably behind the eight ball. And as we know, Nicholson says year to year, there are no guarantees. If you can take risk off the table, why not do that? You know, farming is an inherently risky business from the very start. Because of all the influences that are out there, let's do something to try to take that risk off the table. Because we can't control governments, we can't control NGOs, we can't control the weather. But we can control our reaction to what the market gives us, and in a sense, plan according to what the market does give us. He says not to look for any quick fixes to the agricultural economy, but it won't be all bad. When we look at both prices from a, a sell side and also a buy side from an input perspective and also for livestock farmers, you know, we'd expect 23 to be fairly a fairly good year from a price perspective, from a farmer's perspective. We think 24 has that potential as well. Fortunately, Nicholson says we usually bounce back. Yeah, we do. And and, and I'm going to quote one of my uh, one of the macroeconomists in, here in the States. He says the U.S. economy is the cleanest shirt in the dirty laundry. And, and I think it's a great quote because it does say, and not a, sort of a, a chamber of commerce sort of speech, but the U.S. economy is the most resilient in the world. The optimistic Nicholson says he expects an uptick in ag exports later this year as well. A debt crisis face-off at a farm bill deadline are two linked challenges facing U.S. agriculture this year with predictions by one Washington ag lobbyist that Congress will meet both challenges. Randy Russell with the D.C.-based food and ag policy Russell Group predicts there will be no avoiding open debate this year on the debt crisis now that the Treasury has run out of borrowing authority. The Republican-controlled House will use the debt ceiling to force a debate on the nearly $32 trillion in total federal debt continuous $1.5 trillion annual deficits, and the growing threat of unchecked entitlement program spending. An argument Republicans will use to pressure the White House for cuts as the president resists concessions and blames the GOP for risking a U.S. default with global economic consequences. You will hear much about the threat of a default on U.S. government debt, but what about the threat of the mounting federal debt? The debt ceiling will be raised, but a new fiscal blueprint needs to accompany it. One that could impact the top line for farm bill spending, though Russell disagrees with the conventional wisdom that says a farm bill won't get done this year. Yes, there will be budget and policy challenges. And yes, there will be lengthy and at times contentious House and Senate floor debates. But with Senator Stabenow retiring in 2024 and Representative Thompson chairing his first farm bill process, both are highly motivated to get it done by 2024. And both the farm bill and avoiding a debt default are linked. A default would crush farm bill hopes in the economy, while budget reforms can make funding an already tough farm bill even tougher. And a survey from Farm Futures shows the 2023 acreage battle is ongoing. However, there could be a surprise when it comes to the total number of coordinate soybean acres. A surge of projected wheat acres and costly inputs will likely limit any expansion of coordinate soybean acres. About 70% of the respondents said they were locked in on 2023 acreage decisions by late December. Farm Futures says coordinate soybean plantings will increase only minimally compared to past projections, due in large part to shrinking profit margins for both coordinate soybeans. The survey shows that 90.5 million acres of corn and 88.9 million acres of soybeans will get planted in the spring. Soaring costs of inputs likely mean more wheat acres as wheat typically requires less nitrogen and hydrous ammonia retailed for about $1,400 per ton last fall. So many farmers opted for less nitrogen intensive crops for 2023 planting. 
That's going to do it for this episode of American Ag Today, produced by the American Ag Network. I'm Jesse Allen, wishing you a great rest of your day.